You're listening to the e-commerce epiphany, unlocking the secrets of our global e-commerce gurus, featuring Aotearoa's own Travis O'Keefe and Manawa Yudi. This is a Ngahere Talks podcast turned masterclass. All right, well, kia ora, everybody. Welcome to a brand new mini-series here on, on Ngahere Talks. I'm super excited about what we're about to get into over the series. It's kind of like the e-commerce epiphany. What are the secrets of e-commerce gurus? Because everyone knows right now that e-commerce is the place to be. It's the place to have your business. It's the place to be if you want to look at where you can get uh, huge financial growth while also being able to live the lifestyle that, that you want. And there's a lot of myths and a lot of uh, assumptions around e-commerce, but today I have probably one of Aotearoa's foremost e-commerce gurus right here on the mic, and we're going to sit and we're going to talk through five episodes unlocking what are these secrets that the gurus of e-commerce have. So I want everyone to welcome to the show on this episode, on this series, Travis O'Keefe. Kia ora, Travis. Kia ora, Manoa. <laughs> How are you? Ho? I'm good, I'm good, I'm it's good. It's a choice to have you. I'm looking forward to this corridor that we're about to embark on, this journey. I feel like you're going to challenge me a lot, and I hope that I can challenge you back as well. You. That's all, eh? I'm ready. So why don't you give a, a quick mahi to everyone, introduce yourself, where you're from, what makes you you? Yeah, kia ora, everyone. I'm uh, Travis O'Keefe. I am from a little tiny fishing village up the East Cape called Whangara, Whangara. Uh, a small uh, community um, of fishermen and uh, farmers. A, my background is uh, Ngāti Konohi um, and my history is entrepreneurship. So uh, I was hotutu or you know mischief uh, when I was young, and um, I didn't fit in, but I found my place. My place is um, uh, entrepreneurship, which means to me problem solving, thinking outside the box, being resourceful with mm. um, uh, a few things to, so to achieve the go- the goals that I'm trying striving for. Um, fast forward to today, I've had thirty years of entrepreneurship, multiple businesses in a wide range of industries. Did you start when you were like two or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I started when I was eighteen. Eh? Like yeah. I just couldn't figure out. I didn't know what what I was really. I was just like um, one of those guys that had ideas and and just went for it and tried mm. to try to put it down on the ground and, and um, have a go. Yeah, it's only later on in life someone used the word entrepreneur, and I was like, "Yeah, that, that sounds like me." Yeah, that's who I am. Yeah. Also, it's really choice to have you here. Um, have you here, bro? I think this first episode we're going to kind of focus a little bit more on that backstory, um, kind of how you got to where you are today, and then what is it about e-commerce that you essentially fell in love with that drove you to to use it as a platform? So, uh, you said you've been in entrepreneurship for thirty years. What 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 was it like right at the start? Uh, ooh, those were some hard lessons, you know, like I was, um, I am an ideas guy, you know, I had an idea and, um, I would just go for it. I think my first idea was at high school and what I did is I, um, I sold tickets to a keg party that I held in my mate's garage where I'd have a boom box playing and I'd, I'd, uh, 
I'd save enough up and I'd convince the netball girls and the hockey girls and the rugby boys and the soccer boys to all pay me $15. I'd join them together, convince my mate's older brother to go and buy us some kegs and, um, you know, I made a little bit of profit, uh, you know, putting on these keg parties and that's where it started from there. This sounds a little bit like a Netflix documentary called Fire. <laughs> Sound familiar? Sound familiar? And then no jar rule eh? no here, but yeah. <laughs> it's a fine line, eh? <laughs> That's a cool way to start though. I always yeah. love hearing what, what people started yeah. off in, in their entrepreneurship journey. Yeah. What were you what were some of the other kind of big moments in your thirty years? Wow, I mean um I guess You know, a lot of the journey has been making mistakes and, you know, a big thing is redefining what a mistake means in my own mind. Um, For some people that I meet, when they make a mistake, they give themselves a hard time about it and saying, think of themselves as a failure. Mm. Whereas I didn't, I I made a mistake and I, it hurt a little bit. I got back up, dusted off my pants and thought about what did I learn from that mm. uh, and then I changed and I went again and I tried the next thing until I eventually cracked what I was trying to achieve yeah. um, so that ability to get back up and the mental toughness to to try again would be a, a massive lesson mm. uh, along another big moment would be um, failing in a business and and like losing lots of money and mm. and you know, like all the the expectancy of people uh, who who doubted you and at the start, and and you have to go back and face all that yeah. and the ridicule of others um, is it was a challenge, and that yeah. just made me um, a little bit more t- mentally tougher to just ignore those fuckers mm. uh, and um, uh, get back up and keep going, yeah. um, and prove those motherfuckers wrong <laughs> and. Um, that would be another lesson. Um, along the way, I had some really good wins. Um, you know, made you know significant amounts of money to fund a travelling um, passion, uh, travelling all around the world. Yeah, choice. Um, uh, other moments would be I won awards along the way. Um, there was a stage there that I went when I thought I was Superman <laughs> 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 in entrepreneurship. I was covered in the media. Uh, for winning lots of different awards, I won um, innovation awards. I mm. won entrepreneurship awards, top ones in the country, and then I won research and development awards and impact on society awards. Oh, you would have been and wearing then, your undies on the outside. I, just I, like I was very egotistical that, at eh? that. I tell you, man, <laughs> I thought it was untouchable. Uh, hey? Good on you, though. And then the recession landed. Yeah, you know, like. GFC landed the global financial crisis, which is 13 years ago. Mm. And um, I had two businesses at that time, and we were expanding internationally. I'd raised millions of dollars. Um, we were opening up five different countries all at the same time. The board of governors were you know, really supportive of what we're doing. And um, then the recession happened. I can remember being in Singapore watching the, the TV and, and seeing all these people crying about losing their houses and stuff. And I was like, what the hell is going on in America? Yeah. And, um, and then I was just thinking to myself, you know, like, oh, they can't affect New Zealand and this end of the world. And next, next minute, minute. <laughs> oh, shit. <Yeah. laughs> anyway, fast forward, I lost the two businesses. So Ooh. 
which had all friends and family's money and unfortunately so um i lost oh, everything i had uh you know i was Humbling, mentally eh? i went from superman to a massive drop on the ground my um values realigned hard mm. out hard out yeah. yeah my values realigned um material things didn't matter to me after that um i was more focused on doing good mm. uh you know and i awesome. cut a long story short i created a whole lot of social enterprise and for the last i think 13 years i've been doing uh businesses that do good in society mm. yeah Wow, what an amazing journey. Um, there's so much in there that every time I have a corridor on here with people, there's always like a hundred questions that I want to ask. We're going to try and keep <laughs> on track. One question I want to ask though, which I, f- I find super interesting is, as a Māori male, have you always had this positive relationship with money or did you need to teach yourself how to – because I, I hear people talk about things like millions of dollars and a lot of the people that I know would find feel super uncomfortable talking about that mu- that much money and, and potentially not even believe that they were someone that could generate that much money. But I hear you talk about it with so much confidence. Were you always like that or did you have to learn how to have that positive relationship with, with money? Um, I don't know. I've, I never really focused on the money. I think mm. that's a big part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's important. Like, I wasn't doing it for money. I was doing it for um, – that. I had this creative idea and I wanted to – you know, like to make it work, yeah, and that is what drove me. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think in the early days, yeah, in the early days, I w- can remember going into meetings where I we were meeting with you know senior people, mm. and as part of that, you know, I was nervous. I can remember being nervous, and I was with the people I was with, the other partners I was with at the time. That that was common practice for them so they went nervous and anyway I went through that experience swallowed my nervousness uh at the end of those meetings I'd wound myself up so much that I was exhausted and um I guess it's just like practice if you do it a a number of times you just get used to it Mm. Uh, yeah so I don't know whether it answers your question I just wasn't focused on the money and I think to be a great entrepreneur you you know your core reason of why you're doing something shouldn't be about making money because generally when you get when it gets mm. hard you give up. Yeah. But it's sh- I'm not saying that you shouldn't have your finger on the pulse and manage yeah. your money and and yeah. metrics all the time. Yeah, yeah, it's quite the opposite. No, that's cool. I like that. That's a nice nice reflection. You keen for some online shopping? Me too. You got to check out Kone, Aotearoa's marketplace for Aotearoa brands. Kind of like Kmart for Aotearoa products. Yeah. Check it out at www.cornet.nz. All right, so along comes e-commerce, right? What was it? What? How did that happen? How did e-commerce become some, such a big part of your world? Wow, yeah, e-commerce. Um, so at the time we had been, we started a, um, a social enterprise called Te Whare Hoka Hoka, which has the vision to improve the lives of 10 million Indigenous people. We'd been around mm. for now eight years doing that. Uh, it's a training company. So uh, we train Indigenous leaders uh, in governance, strategy, um, uh, commercial advisory and entrepreneurship. And then along that journey, um, one of the things that we had was an idea about growing the household income. Mm. And we said, okay, we found some bit of research saying if you grow the household income, it has a multiplier effect. So it improves health, it improves 
um, well-being, social, it improves education, improves justice, you know, so all those other areas. Mm. And um, so we said, okay, well, how might we do that? And we did this research and we came across uh, online. Uh, and, yeah, we just had this idea like, well, why don't we help Farno to create online businesses? And that mm. was about six years ago. Uh, along that journey first we had to educate ourselves because it's a new area mm. so how we educated ourselves which i think this is a really really important p- piece is um we taught ourselves by going to youtube mm. and to going to google yeah. and learning that way and watching what others did yeah taking some key points and then implementing them youtube university eh? Oh, <laughs> mate, yeah mate, that's the way to go i teach my kids that now yeah yeah 100 percent. yeah that is the new way to do it. Mm. And so that became an epiphany for you guys? Yeah, well, along that, that journey, we made lots of mistakes, but it was we realised some things, like actually that overcomes a lot of the challenges mm. for in uh, Te Ao Māori, in the Māori world. Some of those challenges are um, a lack of money. Mm. So with e-commerce, like you don't need as much money as you would, for, say, opening up a subway store mm. or a barber shop. You don't need as much money, so that's one thing. Um, distance from the market, so you can be, um, you know, in the kainga in Fangara, mm. and as long as you've got internet access and create a business that is in uh, China and America, mm. and so it overcomes, you know, that barrier and constraint. Um, it overcomes the barrier and constraint around access to resources like people, time, and money. Yeah. Um, now you can outsource everything, so. You know, our current e-commerce company, we outsource the delivery, we outsource the logistics, we outsource the manufacturing of in factories, we outsource um, the uh, marketing, we outsource you know, a lot of things. So that enables you to access the expertise that you need. Mm. And that always improves your um, ability to um, succeed. Yeah. It's amazing, eh? So you talk about like, maybe it would be quite nice to just give a little, I suppose succinct as we can, a little rundown of like, like you're saying all these different things, we outsource the, the marketing, we outsource the logistics or whatever. Like how, could you paint a picture of what it looks like to run an e-commerce store and what, are, what do you actually do? So what I actually do is I'm the ideas guy. Mm. So I come up with the idea and then I research that idea and then I put that together and then I get some capital and then I hire a team and then we implement. Mm. So that's basically the formula. So f- and s- that's cool. And so we start from, so someone jumps on your site and then they go, yep, I'm going to buy those socks. What happens next? Yeah, so look, if I back up and give you the full rundown of the e-commerce side of things. Mm. So there are a number of different approaches. Mm. When one approach, what we do is we go on to and I'll use the Amazon business, which is similar to Trade Me in mm. here in New Zealand. So we sell in the USA. And what we do is we go onto an Amazon site, we suck out Amazon's data, mm-hmm. so all the sales data, everything that you can see online, we suck out. We put it into a third-party software, mm-hmm. and that third-party software, it uh, dissects the data, enabling us to do different searches. Um, we search the data and we suck suck out some some questions such as you know how many um, customer reviews mm. did this competitor's product get and then we take that data and we put it into a spreadsheet and in our spreadsheet we have different benchmarks which mm. tell us what's good and what's not 
good. And then we, we that tells us, you know, which products should we manufacture. Mm. And so the summary is we manufacture products th- use of data, not of assumptions going, hey, yeah, I would yeah, like yeah. this. We're not emotionally attached to a a product mm. because we're data driven and so the, the products are wide ranging everything from gardening sacks to pull cues to um pet gloves to you know a wide range of of products yeah yeah and then what we do is we look on amazon and we look at the customer reviews of our competitors mm-hmm. and say our competitors are have um in amazon they've got a five star rating and so we look at the two stars, the three stars, and four star comments mm-hmm. of our competitors' products. And in those comments, there'll be uh, suggestions and recommendations by their customers saying how they could improve the competitor's product. Mm-hmm. For example, they might say, hey, I would have given this a five star if it was in the black, black color. Yeah, yeah. And so then what we do is now we, if we have enough people saying that, then what we do is we, when we go to manufacture that product, then we make it black. Yeah, yeah, sweet. And once we've got it, then we do a small run in, in China, manufacture it. We send it over to um, uh, New Zealand, I mean uh, America, uh, America. We load it up into Amazon and then we do um, uh, marketing, so online yeah. marketing of some of that product. Mm. Yeah, and there's a whole lot of techniques in, in that approach and in the marketing end. Yeah, yeah. And so what's your – in that in that journey – which which pieces do you take care of? So I've done everything in the business, and I yeah. think it's important for entrepreneurs to do everything in the business mm. because then you understand what it required to yeah, manage it. Nice. Um, but you know, as soon as you're able to afford more team, then you know, like hire a team that can take away the you know stuff that's a pain in the ass for mm. you, the stuff that takes you ages. Like mm. put a team into that. Yeah. Yeah, that's you know that's how I approach it, and um, so you know I do everything at the start, yeah, and then eventually add more team to to yeah. reduce my workload so that I can work on the business, not in the business. Yeah, which part do you love that data analysis stuff? Um, do you get other yeah, no, uh, no, I'm pretty good at that. Yeah. I mean, I've done all of it, so yeah, and I I've built a lot of the the, the metrics and the research, and that just comes from you know, research and experience. And so, yeah, I do like the analytics side of things. Um, yeah. Yeah, awesome. So I suppose there's like a, a pretty cool story in here about how you became um, so proficient in e-commerce and that was through spending a couple of years, right, studying all of these e-commerce gurus from all around the world. Um, number one, what commitment? I'm sure it was a huge investment, Uh Maybe sacrifice, maybe not. Um, but tell us about that. What 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 did you do, and why did you do it? Yeah. So essentially, I studied. I looked around New Zealand to try and find mentors or coaches that could do what I wanted to do. I couldn't mm. find them. Um, I did find a couple, but they were really really expensive, beyond my what I could afford. Like what? Ten grand. Uh, Twenty five thousand dollars for a coach. Yeah. yeah. And um, and you know I couldn't afford that, so. Uh, what I did is went overseas, found mm. some other coaches, um, 24 gurus. I actually studied uh, over, geez, two years. And I 
purchase their courses, which they have these online training courses, which they break down every single part of what they do. Mm. And then I applied it. I, I practiced. Yeah, yeah. Um, during this time, you know, I was working 75, 85 hours a week. So mm, on wow. top of my normal job, I did this additional job of, of training in this, this area. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, and I think that's one of the keys if you want to achieve – something else that's different to your current profession, then you've got to put effort in. Yeah, definitely. And that's what gets rewards. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's what I did. I studied the, these gurus and then I applied their system. I gave it a go, you know, and it worked. So. Yeah, yeah. Did you like, how did you study them? Were you like consuming their content that they were putting out or meeting yeah. up with them one-to-one? Combination. So yeah. a combination. So um, I went to YouTube, mm. watched all their videos, uh, watched everything, wrote notes, you know, answered frequently asked questions that I had. I read their blogs. I just totally immersed myself in it. Mm. Um, and then I, once I had a good fix on, on who they were and what uniqueness they had, then I purchased their courses. And then I yeah. went through their courses, um, multiple modules, and then I applied it. Mm. You know, I practiced doing it. Yeah, I made mistakes um, and I learned from that. You know, yeah. and, and then I did the same with the next guru. Mm. And I would study multiple gurus at once. It was, so it wasn't in parallel. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't in um, sequential order. It was in parallel. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that was helpful. It helped me to get over, you know, the number one th- constraint, which I think in e-commerce is the language. The language is, there's a whole lot of jargon, mm. you know, in e-commerce. Yeah. For example, traffic. Like this word traffic, what the fuck does traffic mean, you know? <laughs> we like, got heaps of traffic here in Auckland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, like, what the fuck? Anyway, like traffic's just another fancy word for saying potential customers. Yeah. So, you know, like I had to learn that, but mm. I think that was a big constraint. Once I got my head around the language, yeah. I, it, it made sense. Yeah. Like, like anything, eh? Yeah, hard you got to learn the lingo that goes with the, with the industry or whatever. Yeah. So some of the gurus, we've got a list of them here. Russell Brunson. Russell yeah, Brunson. Russell Brunson. Yeah, Ryan Deese, yeah. Akbashik, Peter Pru, James Kemp. Shout out to James Kemp. He's from Aotearoa. Um, Kevin David, James Shremko, Neil Patel, Ping June, Trey Llewellyn. Am I saying their names right? Dan yeah, Locke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a whole list of them. Another one from Aotearoa, Sam Ovens. Um, so 24 of them that, that you... That yeah. you studied, and I yeah. think what's cool about what we're going to do next is we're actually going to pull out what you have, I guess, summarised as the key secrets to e-commerce yeah. from all of these guys. Yeah, I mean, after studying all 24, I sat down and, and just identified what's common but that they're all talking about, that they all use, and like, what are their systems, what strategy are they mm. using, what's their business plan like how are they doing e-commerce and there are just some commonalities they're yeah. all doing all 24 of them are doing these these commonalities which I'll, mm. I'll talk about next and it's like well you know rather than reinvent the wheel just replicate what is already working yeah do you know what exactly. i mean so exactly. these are the, the, the secrets and some of them they don't they give away a lot up front but a lot of these key secrets were in their like master classes yeah yeah where you had to pay significant amounts of money yeah like one guy paid, I think, you know, thirteen thousand to go mm. into this class. You know. Yeah, mean. And we're pretty lucky that we've got you here to now give us all of that for, <laughs> yeah. for free. So that's us for episode one. We're going to come back. Episode number two. We're going to be talking about the value ladder. So how every guru that you've looked at, they had a business plan called the value ladder, and we're going to unpack that coming up. <laughs>
in episode two. You! Kakite! Thanks everybody for listening. We hope you enjoyed that. So much gold. Thanks so much, Travis. Don't forget, go connect with the crew at tefarihukahuka at www.twh.co.nz. And then if you want to check out Ngahiri Communities, www.ngahiricommunities.nz. But you can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, TikTok. Oh, what else is there? YouTube, Spotify. We're everywhere. We're here for you. Catch you soon.